but I'm curious why this chapter and time of your life was when you were ready to put out an entire album of, of music. It's tough because I wouldn't say it's the most honest or like true thing I would want people to be like, oh, that's the type of music she makes, which is obviously like a bit contradictory considering it's literally my album. What would you change about life support to make it more you? Hey, it's Abby. Thanks so much for tuning in to the What's Next on your For You page podcast. This week, I'm talking to Madison Beer, which was just so cool because she just went to the Met Gala. So of course, I had to ask her like a thousand questions about what goes on at the Met Gala and her and the inspiration behind her gorgeous, gorgeous dress. Also, we talked about her latest album, Life Support, and all the new stuff that she's working on. Madison's such a cool chick. So just sit back, relax, and listen to our conversation. I know you've had um, such a crazy week. So how are you feeling? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm definitely happy to be back home, but I'm feeling like, you know, trying to just process this crazy week I just had, but it's been, it's been good. I'm great. So I saw you were at the Met Gala. Were you absolutely freaking out when you got invited? Yeah, I was definitely very surprised and honored. Um, and it just like, I don't know, it's one of those things where it doesn't feel real until you literally are like on the carpet and you're like, I'm actually at the Met Gala right now. So it was, it was definitely exciting, but for some reason, I think I had like the I mean, obviously, considering like nearly everything has gotten canceled over the last like two years, I was like, yeah, I'm invited, but this probably won't even happen anyways. So <laughs> when it did and I actually like showed up, I was that's when it really, really hit me. So, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> I saw a lot of those Vogue interviews where I Emma Chamberlain was like, I was so nervous before. But once you get out there, you have like this feeling of calm. Did you feel that way? Like when you got out there, was it really intimidating or was it kind of like, oh, this is just like the Met Gala? Yeah, honestly, it's not as like scary when you're there as you would think it is. It is really fast. So basically you just like get out of your car and then you just immediately go on this carpet, <laughs> which lasts like no more than two minutes. I mean, and then you have to walk up the stairs and I had a really long dress. So I had to just be like, don't trip, don't trip, don't trip. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's super fast. And honestly, like, you know, it's not, yeah, it's not as intense and scary as I think I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if I would say I felt calm. I, I just like also was having so much anxiety because as as the photos are being taken, you're like, okay, each one of these photos is going to be somewhere. It's going to, you know, it's like, it's just, it's, it's an intimidating thing to like, know that this is obviously one of the most like watched events happening ever. And it's, it's definitely a lot, but it was, it was great. It was definitely not as scary as I had anticipated I will say that okay that's good to hear so if I ever get invited I know not to be too afraid yes um yes so, would be fine. perfect I saw your dress you looked absolutely beautiful I know you worked awesome. with Patricia Voto can you tell mm. me about uh you know like what was the inspiration behind it why did you want to go for that look let me know yeah I mean I think it's safe to say that like the whole Met Gala collectively was inspired by like old Hollywood and I think that that's a really awesome take on the theme um I loved what everyone was wearing so yeah we decided to go with like an old Hollywood kind of vibe and I specifically pulled inspiration from Marilyn Monroe's dress from Jenna Prefer Blondes and uh it was like her orange gown that's beaded and beautiful and we just wanted to do something that was like a different take on it. Obviously not just like a direct rip, um, change the color, whatever. And yeah, you know, it was really fun. It was my first time like being able to, I guess, design and like help be a, be a part of that process with an outfit. So it was a learning experience for sure. Um, but it was amazing. I'm so, I'm so happy with, with everything. And I'm, you know, I think that it was my first met and I'm like, okay, it was your first time. And hopefully there will be many more to come. And yeah, I'm just 
I, I think it was, I think it was awesome. So what goes on like after you get off the red carpet, like what goes on afterwards? Like, I feel like that's this big mystery about what happens at the Met Gala. Dude, honestly, like nothing. It's really just, you get to like walk through the museum, which is beautiful, of course. And then you, um, uh, this year, I don't really know how it's been. I've never, this is my first time. I've, I don't know how it's been previous years, but you weren't allowed to bring, you know, no manager, no publicist, no one from like your team was allowed to come. And no matter who you were, what, like no one was allowed to bring anyone, which was obviously intimidating for someone like me where I'm like, oh my God, so you're telling me I'm going to be in a room with like Rihanna and like, <laughs> I could, I could just go up to her if I want. Like, it was just so that was scary for me feeling like I maybe was not going to, you know, have like any friends there. I was just scared that I was going to end up like being alone and just standing in a corner awkwardly. But to be completely honest, it's just, you know, you walk through the museum, you end up going to this little cocktail hour. Um, I met so many people and so many people who I like adore and look up to, and it was so cool. And then they kind of usher you into the main seating area. And then you sit at your appointed table, which is usually the brand that you go with. And well, not usually it's always the brand you go with. And then, um, you know, you make friends with the people at your table and you watch a performance and it's, it's really like, it's, it's honestly really chill. And everyone kind of gets up and says hi to each other. And I think that it's safe to say that like everyone is nervous collectively. So, you know, we're all kind of just like, do I, can I approach this person? Can I say hi? Like, and from, for me, when I was there, there were certain people where I was like, if I don't say hi to this person now, I probably will never get the chance to again. So I tried to push myself and say hi to as many people as I could. And, um, it's great. And no one's really on their phones and everyone's just hanging out and talking. And, um, I think considering obviously the past like year and a half or whatever we've had, it's, it was really nice to just like see people and it's, everyone seemed really happy and really glad to be there. So who did you like have to gather your courage to go up and approach where you're like, okay, I really want to talk to them. And then like you did, I did that with a bunch of people. I think off the top of my head, I, um, forced myself to say hi to Megan the Stallion because I was like, if you don't say hi now, you're never going to do it. So I was like, I have to say hi. I love her. So said hi to her. I said hi to Lord, who I literally like, she, you know, she's like one of the reasons that I wanted to make music and be an artist. So she was someone who I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, I have to say hi. Um, was so lovely. They were both so lovely, but I, yeah, there's so literally, I could give you such a laundry list of people <laughs> I met, but off the top of my head, I would say, I would say Lord was the highlight of my Met Gala because she was everything I could have hoped for. And, um, just super gracious and sweet and friendly. So I was really happy to meet her. So, but you also yeah. were at the VMAs and you were nominated for Push Performance of the Year for your song, Selfish. And what yeah. I, I love, what I loved about that performance is that it didn't like overcomplicate anything because it's just a really heartfelt, heartwarming song. Um, and so I'm wondering like when you're putting out this type of music and when you're doing those performances, like, is that, hard because it is an emotional song or is it almost a part of the healing process for you you know it's interesting selfish is something that I think it's like been a journey having this song do so much better than I ever could have anticipated I kind of wasn't ready considering I also released it you know peak COVID I I released it at a time where I was still really going through these emotions and um it's it's been a weird like juxtaposition of freeing myself and singing it and living it and being nominated and like having it be you know acknowledged and I think that it's amazing and it makes me feel really good in my like healing process but it, you know it obviously can also bring up old emotions and it does like strike a nerve in me sometimes and I'm anticipating tour I'm ready to cry every night so um, I think it's also just it's it's interesting like I obviously wrote it about 
my experience with somebody and like something that had happened to me, but now it's taken on this whole new meaning, which is like, it's impacted my fan base a lot. So I think singing it live, particularly to them is something that's really overwhelming because I'm like, it feels like our song that like got us through tough times together. It feels like a song that a lot of people were able to like come together and relate on. And so when I sing it with them, it's, it's, it has a whole new meaning and it's really just, you know, us, singing together if that makes sense it's just yeah it's really beautiful so you've got to just be geeking out about going on tour what are you most excited about for the entire experience um I think I'm just excited to see everyone and hear their voices and just like you know I'm I just I'm just excited to perform again performing is what I have always and forever like that is my that's all I ever want to do that is my life I wanted to be on Broadway that was kind of like my ceiling in my when I was a kid that was like the you know my ultimate dream was to be on Broadway so um performing is is everything to me I would say so for me I'm just excited to get back out there and do what I love um it brings me a lot of a lot of joy and happiness I didn't know you were inspired by Broadway I didn't know you wanted to be on Broadway is there a favorite show that you have I think Wicked will always be like something I cite where I'm like that was a moment where I saw that and I was like I want to do this one day um you know I think I never could have predicted or assumed obviously that I would have done it on like a global scale I was like I if I even end up as like a like like a substitute on Broadway I would have been thrilled into the roof so it's yeah I don't know it's definitely just like interesting but yeah I, I always wanted to do that I've always just loved to sing and perform and especially being from New York it's like that's the dream is to be on Broadway that's awesome you put out this album and I know I mean, you've been discovered for a really long time. Like you're not new to the limelight at all. Um, I know it got delayed because of the pandemic, but I'm curious why this chapter in time of your life was when you were ready to put out an entire album of, of music. Um, I, I think life support is a really interesting thing for me now where I look at and, um, you know, I went through a lot in the industry. Uh, I was signed when I was 12. I was dropped by the time I was 16. I had to make a choice on whether to go to college or to continue pursuing music and, um, I started making life support like really a long time ago. So it's, 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 it's tough because I wouldn't say it's the most honest or like true thing. I would want people to be like, Oh, that's the type of music she makes, which is obviously like a bit contradictory considering it's literally my album, but it's more of like my story. If I, if that makes sense, um, there's just songs and there's messages and there's meanings that I, felt were really important I think the songs are amazing I love the album so much but like my next album per se is a lot more like this is what I want to be known as as an artist whereas life support was more me just kind of like wanting slash needing to like take the reins back and tell my story for what it is and yeah what would you change about life support to make it more you um I don't think I would change anything I think I'm really happy with when I think I think it served and serves its purpose for what I wanted to accomplish which was like you know it was my first album I wanted to get music out in the world I wanted to um you know I wanted to just like make it about like I I felt for so long like my life and my voice and my personality was being like constantly just 
talked about in ways that weren't true. And so I was like, I need to put out music that actually can maybe in some way articulate who I am. And I, that's really hard to do through music, but I was like, let me try to do this the best that I can. So I wouldn't change anything. I'm really proud of it. I think it's a beautiful album, but I definitely am excited for like the future and to continue to grow and to continue to just like, yeah, just continue to grow as an artist and as a person. And I'm still really young and I just am always learning and, I think that's, you know, what we all should do. I mean, so if you've been working on it for a while, what is the first song that you that is on the album that you had been working on? Like, what's the oldest song off the album? People had asked me this and I, it, it changes in my head a lot because I have a lot of timelines mixed up. But I think that uh, Stained Glass might be the oldest song. Um, if not Stained Glass, it might be Blue. But those are those are. Though that and emotional bruises, those three, I think, are probably the oldest. I um I really loved stained glass. You have a really interesting line in that song that says, um, my life's a faded memory of what I can't have. And I think that's really an interesting thing to say because I think for people who follow you, they could easily assume that like everything's really golden and rosy and just wonderful. Um, and I'm, I'm curious of like, what has been disappointing about your life that would make you want to write something like that? Or what does that mean to you? Oh man. I mean, how long do you have? (laughs) I mean, I got the rest Um, of the work day. (laughs) No, I'm, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say there's things that have been, uh, no, I mean, there has been things that are very disappointing, but I think like some, some truth in that lyric is, you know, there is sacrifices that you make that I think a lot of people don't, um, acknowledge or realize and because you know obviously having fame and being in a position of power of any kind etc and so forth like people I think sometimes have a hard time sympathizing um, and being able to see that there are downsides to that lifestyle as well because it is such an idealized like way to live and which it's such a it's a lot of a false reality and perception and you know come to Hollywood once you'll see that so I think for me, that line is really just like, you know, I, I never had a real childhood or a high school experience. And these are things that people are like, yeah, but who cares? But, you know, they really do impact you as an adult. And these are things that, you know, through therapy and through like a, a really huge mental health journey I've been able to work through. But, you know, I never went to prom. I never had a homecoming. I never was able to like go to a party and not have people taking pictures or videos of me. I've had in, like insane social anxiety since I was literally 12 years old because I assume that every room I walk into, there's already a preconceived notion and judgment and people already have their minds made up about me. So I don't even have a chance to get to know people because they already think they know me. And it can be really, really, really um tough on the brain and the heart and um I have had to try my because the only way out of that is to you know really be certain and true in who you are as a person and you know if I can go to bed at night knowing I'm a good intentioned um pure-hearted individual then I, I I I try not to let others opinions on me define me but it's hard because you know as human beings we want everyone to like us like we are not bred to, like we we want we want our friends, family, like whoever it's, it's obviously human nature to just want to be liked and accepting that not everyone will is, can be tough sometimes, especially when it's on such a big scale and there's, you know, arguably millions of people who might not like you. It can, it can take a toll. So, um, lyrics like that are just kind of me, me saying, me saying things like that, um, which are just like, it's not all glitz and glamor and happy and, um, red carpets and like, like there's, you know, there's been plenty of, breakdowns there's been plenty of 
like self-harm. There's been a lot of bumps in the road on the way. So, um, yeah, I just kind of want people to understand that even if you look at maybe a celebrity or a person's life and you think it's like, oh, so perfect. I promise you it's not. I think social media has such an interesting way of, of giving us this perception. Like we can almost be our own PR people. Um, and YouTube back in the day, I mean, that was kind of like one of the first social platforms where people like you could build a following. And I'm curious what you think, um, about getting discovered on YouTube. Do you think making it in the music industry was almost harder because you got discovered on social media and built that following? Um, in a way, yeah, I, I, I think that I've been discredited continuously throughout my career, um, even though it's interesting because I, I think a lot of it's rooted in misogyny and I think a lot of it's rooted in like, you know, people just like to discredit women at all costs. And I, um, I, I was signed at 12 singing covers on YouTube. I've always been a singer. I've also always had an Instagram and I think it's funny and I think it's um you know, it, it shows a lack of respect when people are like, oh, she's, a, you know, an influencer or whatever. And I'm just like, I literally have, I've always been a singer. Like that's always been the main thing here. So, um, I, yeah, I think I'm really grateful for YouTube and for how I was discovered and everything, but I, um, I get really tired. Like I, I recently saw something where someone was like, Oh, TikToker Madison beer. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm like, I have posted like maybe 30 TikToks in my whole life. And like more than half of them are about my music. If not like 80% of them are about my music. <laughs> and also like, I've been around like for eight years longer than TikTok has existed. So like, let's chill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you know, I don't know. I think that people, people just like to discredit women all the time. Um, so that's, that's that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting to see now, like so many people launch their career. Speaking of TikTok, um, so many people, people getting their music career started because of this platform. I'm curious if you have any advice for people who are maybe getting that type of fame because of social media? Like what, what would you tell them if you, if you could say anything? I would say like your life is so short and our time here is very valuable and you shouldn't want to be famous. Like it's okay if you are, and it's okay if you want to pursue something, but like, I, I get really sad when, um, particularly young people will come up to me and I've had this happen like a scary amount of times where they'll, they'll be like, how can I be famous? I want to be famous. And I'm like, but what do you want to be famous for? And they're like, nothing. I just want to be famous. And, you know, I think that poses a bigger question of like, well, why does this younger generation want to be famous? And to me, it has a lot to do with something that I can, you know, I feel like I was a guinea pig of experimenting on in regards of like, let's take a 12 year old and put her in front of like tons of people and see how she turns out. And I, you know, I look at my younger self and I've had to do a lot of work in this regard. And I, I, all, all I did, um, when you're 12 and 13 and 14 and 15, you're, you're learning how to internally validate yourself. Right. So you're like in high school or middle school. And if you go up to a guy that you like, and he doesn't like you back, you're going to have to go home at the end of that day. And you're going to have to be able to self-validate and feel okay. And you're going to have to learn how to do that. And those are really useful tools in the real world. Whereas me, when I was younger, 
And if I had something happen that, you know, I needed validation, I would turn to social media and I would have my, you know, strangers in my comments telling me that they thought that I looked good or that they thought I had a good voice that would make me feel better. So I never had to really learn how to internally um, validate, which ended up being really, really dangerous for me because um, I would, yeah, I would just seek that validation all the time. And I think that once you come to a place where you don't need other people's opinions to, define you, make you happy. They, they really actually shouldn't mean anything to you. I think, I think that the, the only reason someone should maybe want to be famous is to inspire others and impact people's lives positively and, you know, use your platform in a good way. Like I try to, even if it's a little mental health, like quote on my story, I try to do things like that pretty frequently because I know that there's an audience out there. And I know at least if there's one person looking at that, they might, you know, go to bed a little bit happier that night. So I would just tell people, um, live your life for you and living it in private is definitely a lot nicer. And I, I promise you fame is not what it shapes up to be or seems to be. Um, I always say to people that fame is the downfall of wanting to pursue music and wanting to, um, pursue art. It's the repercussion. It's the punishment. It's like, it's not it's not fun having people follow you like physically actually in real life, follow you everywhere. And like, you know, um, talk about you all the time. Like I've said to my friends, which sounds really morbid and dark and sorry if I come across that way all the time, but I, you know, say to my friends sometimes, like, I wish I could just like temporarily not die, but like, just, just like vanish. Like there's like some, some times where I feel so overwhelmed by the thought that like at every given moment, someone is talking about me and I, and I get really anxious about that thought. And I'm just like, I wish I could just delete it all and wipe my name from everyone's minds for like an hour, like just for an hour. And um, yeah, it's, it's a real, it's a real fucking thing. And it's, it's, it's super serious. So I, I would just tell those young kids to, to wrap it up that um, you know, you don't have to live your life for anyone but yourself. And it's, it's, it's much better to live it for yourself. Was there a, a moment or a situation where you really did consider just like giving up the fame thing, like deleting the Instagram? Was there something that happened where you were like, okay, this is the last draw for me? Yeah. I, I, um, I don't know if there was like a particular like tipping point. Um, it's, it's been, it's been a constant tipping point. It's like, it's been like a, like a, a, like a boat sinking in slow motion. I feel like I've, I've been like, you know, I feel like I'm inching closer to wanting to like completely be off social media, but I also, I feel like I'm in a interest, like a really special case scenario where I have such a close relationship with my fans that it would be really, really hard for me to um, like cut that off. So yeah, man. I mean, I, I've, I've definitely thought about it. I still do. I have uh, 15 minute limits on all of my apps and I yeah. really, really try hard to stick to only that, those 15 minutes in a day. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a really tough, tough thing. And, you know, you got to kind of give your body and mind and heart and nervous system a break sometimes. Um, and yeah, I think that we were not meant or wired to consume on the level that we do. So um, I've thought about it a lot. And I think that I might do it someday, even if it's just <laughs> temporarily. And, you know, maybe I won't even tell people. People just won't even know. And I won't. Po and there's been times where I've gone, you know, 
two or three months without posting. Um, and it's, and it's awesome. But then there's this, uh, you know, this other side of my brain that's conditioned to thinking this way, which is like, well, people are going to forget about you and people are going to not talk about you anymore. And, 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 you know, I'm trying to get to a place where that doesn't matter to me. And, um, yeah, so I've definitely thought about it. And, you know, I was just asked recently, like, apparently Britney Spears just removed all of her social media. And I was just asked about that. And I'm like, if she wants to now live her life that she has given up so much of to the public in private, it's so shocking and disheartening to me that there are actually people out there who are mad or upset about that. I'm like, let this woman live in private if that's what she finally wants to do and if she's finally able to do so. So, yeah, I think people are, you know, individuals and they can do whatever they want. And I would encourage anyone, if that's what they want to do, to do it. So, well, before you vanish, please put out the second album because I know you've put out some mm-hmm. really incredible music already. We've got Reckless. We love it here at the station. Um, why did you. you choose this song for your first single? Um, I think that it was a really nice, like, uh, like, well, it's chapter one, technically, of album two, but it's also like, I feel like a nice continuation from Selfish and it's the other side of the coin. And I, um, you know, I, I, yeah, I think it's a beautiful song. I obviously, I, I love it, but um, I think storyline wise though, I am building up to a story and I'm trying to tell it authentically. And I think the next single to follow and, you know, so on and so forth will continue this storyline. And yeah, man, I just, I, I just, it, it really resonated with me kind of the same way selfish did. And then that was, you know, that was enough of a sign for me. And it was like, just, you know, I should put it out. And I, I'm really happy with the reaction and I'm really appreciative of all the support. And um, yeah, I, th- I think that it, it just, it just felt right to me. It felt really, really right. So you mentioned earlier that this next chapter, the second album is going to be a little bit more authentic to the type of artist you want to be perceived as. Will you talk a little bit more about that and like what you think makes this album so you? Yeah, I think it's, it's very blatantly and obviously a huge jump from, um, from life support, from even my singles. It's, it's just me. And I listen to these songs and I'm like, I, feel like these are like shoes that have always been sitting by the side of my bed and I'm like finally able to actually step in them and um it feels amazing and it's I don't really know how to explain it without spoiling much but it pulls inspiration from people who I've always looked up to always idolized and I've wanted to you know take do my own take on things and um just just authentically grow as an artist and it's been such an amazing incredible journey and I just feel so sound and good and in this new stuff so um I'm just excited for the world to hear it I'm really really excited from your first album to your second album how do you think you're different as an artist I I think that I've grown a lot as an individual to be honest and that has bled into my music because I think I'm just a lot more certain with like who I am and um what I want to stand for and speak on and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I mean, I think it's just, I, you know, I mean, I started making life for when I was like probably 18, um, 19 and I'm, I'm 22 now. So I'm just, I'm growing as a person and also as an artist. And I, I, I hope to continue forever to do that and speak my truth through my music. Um, that's all I really think I can do. Well, you've got a really exciting year ahead. Is there anything you are particularly excited about? Just thinking about the next 365 days, what gets you really excited about your career? I think just getting, getting album two out and and tour. I mean, tour is the, it's right around the corner. So I think, I think I'm most excited for tour. Awesome. Well, we will be excited to see you out on the road. 
Thank you so much for chatting with me. Those are all my questions. So I really appreciate your time. It was Thanks, a really great conversation. Yeah, it was like a little podcast. I love it. Yeah. Well, um, have a great rest of your day. Hey, you made it to the end of the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like that conversation, subscribe to the What's Next on your For You page podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast or on WAP.com. I've already got an interview with Dixie D'Amelio up from last week. And next week, we're talking to Jake Miller. And then the week after that, we're talking to Bozzy. Stay tuned. We got a lot of fun stuff going on.